Trust me, I know how to do my job. If I had like five years on, I'd go. Yeah, I know you know how to do your job. I have the utmost faith in you. I still don't know why I won't be allowed to be on camera. You're on camera you, they all don't want the, the camera time. To break. Huh? They don't want the camera to break. Have you looked at yourself? <laughs> we and don't talk about the glisten coming off your forehead, so leave me alone. Hey. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like someone's getting detailed a lot. <laughs> Detailed medics. Yeah, <laughs> see, yeah, we get detailed <laughs> to the ambulance. Okay. Untouchable. Yeah, untouchable. And welcome to the Washdown Podcast. <laughs> I am your host Jeremy Green. With me, co-host Chris Nelson, our producer James Moran, and today we are talking to Battalion Chief Greg Taylor. And Greg, you got thirty-one and a half years on in the fire service. Um, why don't we just start by how you got into it? Well, uh, my dad was on the fire department, and all of our friends were on the job, and I knew a lot of the the kids, as I say now. And then we all kind of, after we got on, we were, we all came up together. But it was just something I always wanted to do. And when I was in Coast Guard, that was my original rate was firefighting. So I got a little taste of that before I came on the fire department. And then after that, it was just, I was hooked. So how different is it? I mean, I know a little bit from talking to my dad because he worked on offshore oil rigs and had to go through, you know, that fire training type stuff. But with the Coast Guard fighting fire on a ship, I mean, that is very different than fighting a structure fire. It's compartmentalized, so... Um, and it's been so long since I got out, um, but it was... I heard, they, I heard they put motors in the boats now since he got out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this could be interesting. <laughs> hey, can I come ride the buggy next day? I just want to see what happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I just want to be an observer. No, um, I mean, the the basic premise is the same. You know, put water on fire, mm-hmm. but um, just a little bit different tactics as far as compartmentalizing the level of it. And you could you could kind of attribute it to a high-rise fire, whether it be up or down, okay. below deck or above deck or, or whatever. Okay. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, you're a battalion chief, so you're in a leadership position with our department, which means you've risen through the ranks of firefighter to driver to captain to battalion chief now what are some of the like things that you've been able to kind of latch onto as far as leadership and being able to you know motivate crews or any type of like you know different leadership styles or whatever that have worked for you the biggest thing, uh, leadership style, is respect. Give everybody respect. Treat everybody, everyone fairly. And if you if you're not doing that, guys are not going to respect you. You're you're not going to earn the respect. And respect is earned. It's not given. Doesn't matter who you are. Um, and it all starts when, really, on our job at the driver level. When you're riding out, the driver is kind of an interim person between the firefighters and the captain. 
and there's a lot that can be done there as far as um, kind of shaping the guys and gals um, as far as you know what needs to be done and kind of like your kids you know if you see trash pick it up if you, if if there's a mess clean it up if there's this do it if you see something needs to be done do it don't just uh don't just assume someone else is going to do it don't leave something for the next shift and um and that that kind of rolls over into the the driver riding out of his captain and there's there's something that gets lost there when the guys don't get to put it, be in that role for a long time and then as captain it's a whole different kind of ball of wax <laughs> than as a firefighter and a driver and you really can't explain it very well unless you're in those roles um there's and and you have to you have to learn your leadership style whether it's you know the the old, the book x y or z um you'll kind of fall in there somewhere um greg you've been in leadership for for a while now mm-hmm. in our job um and our department has evolved not not only our department but just society and some of the people we're hiring how has your leadership how have you adapted your leadership style throughout the evolution of the job over the last several years um, to stay current and stay respected again it goes back to the respect and I I never expect someone to do something that I wouldn't do whether it's at a fire scene or cleaning toilets at the fire station I have no problem doing anything there are some that do and and that's not a good thing um the culture today and it's nationwide is i don't want to say millennials <laughs> but see gonna, and that's but, the question i wanted to ask but, but i'm couldn't frame but it. i'm gonna kind of go there um it, it's hard to motivate people just because it's a whole different mindset that they have these days and I say they, not in a bad way. Um, and we just have got to kind of wrap our heads around how to motivate them. There's there's different different styles. And once when you're if if you're in it for a while, you'll figure out. I motivate this guy this way. I motivate this guy this way. Motivate this guy this way. And you kind of learn to play that, and you'll get things out of people that other people say. I didn't think you'd ever get anything out of them. Everybody's good at something. You just got to find them, find their little niche. Set your people up for success. Yes, yes. We had a uh, a major over a patrol division on a previous episode, and so kind of similar to your role, and he said he's in charge of none but responsible for all. And I've kind of noticed that in your role, like obviously our, in the way the structure's set up on our job, the captains are – you know, in charge of direct supervisors, but you're still responsible for us all, especially at a fire ground. Right. Um, you know, so still having that responsibility in the evolution of just mental health since you've come on the job as well, how, how have, has your leadership style changed and how have you done to adapt with that as well? Well, that's kind of a, could be a long story. Um, Go for it. We got all the time in the world. So 
the mental health, you know, all the things that we we do to cope with different different scenes, different things we see, this and that, and we don't realize most of the time we don't even realize we're doing it. Go kick back a bottle or check out some porn or or drugs or um, or even you know a side piece for some people and I ended up going to Battle Within um, and I basically went because I had a friend that was suicidal and I was just looking for more tools in the toolbox for this person and I found out so much about myself so I was just abusing my body and this and that and you know even shopping that's another that's another coping mechanism and I went through this program it's a one week long program and one of the things they teach you in there is communication most people just talk to be heard or they listen to respond they don't sit and take in what a person's saying and realize that everyone has their own differences. And when I went to that, I came back and within two days, every every one of my crews in the district I was in said, you're different, you're changed. Even my family said, you're weird. <laughs> and and I was like, well, I'm, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying instead of just listening to, to respond. And that, that has helped tremendously because I can look at a person, I can see, I can hear them talk, and I can pick up on things that I didn't before. Even with the, the younger generation, to put it a, to, to put it a better way. Um, you but, damn use. Yeah, you utes. Um, but it, that, that's helped a lot into just a kind of forming how I interact with people. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, it's brought me this far. So, and I try to keep improving that and keep brushing up on that. And there's a, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different styles, leadership styles. There's a lot of different, um, you can't just, you can't be iron fist guy and you can't be pushover guy. You got to kind of balance it out a little bit and but once you start listening to people and and recognizing when somebody comes in they're having a hard morning or or something like that um or you can pick up if they're having a hard time at home you know you don't want to you don't want to take them and cradle them and this <laughs> and that but you know you can kind of work that around why don't you go do this today or why don't you do this today so so really it's getting to know your people that you're yeah. kind of you know responsible for in charge of however you want to frame that and actually paying attention and not you know just kind of going through the motions right of hey i'm in charge so right if you're sitting there you're working on your phone or you're jacking around on your phone or anything somebody comes talk put that phone down turn the tv off or mute it you know, listen and listen, listen with your head and listen with your heart too. 
and be present in the conversation. Yes. Yeah. So, and I, you know, for me personally, I think that's, that's huge because it's kind of the same way that I've kind of thought about it of, you know, yeah. And we've talked about it a little bit as far as mental health goes of how, you know, treatment plans are different. Like what works for one guy might not work for somebody else. Right. And you have to kind of tailor it. And it's kind of, I'm starting to realize that as far as being a leader on our job, you know, it won't be too long and I'll be in that role and have to, I mean, it, I don't want to say it like you have to tailor it to each individual on your crew, but you kind of do. Sometimes you, have to, you do. You so, have to know how to. Yeah. Sometimes you do. You can have two captains in the house that are polar opposites and you can, I don't want to get in trouble. You can, <laughs> you can, I mean, you can get them to do anything, really. And even even the the older guys that are that have been on much longer than me, knock on wood, I can get them to do about anything, you know, within reason. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I mean, some of that I think has to come down. Like you said, it's respect. And you've put in the work to earn that respect. So I think there's a level of trust that comes along with that of, okay, he's asking me to do this. He wouldn't ask me to do it if it wasn't important. Right. You know. You know, I, as an ambassador of the younger generation over here. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, that's that's something I've noticed. And even in the conversations amongst ourselves in the fire <clears throat> service, on the police department, you know, in the hospital ERs, like, there, there just is that above and beyond respect. It's, it's so much easier to a respect, b just relate and understand when we know a task or something appointed to us has been done by the one that did the appointing. And it's just, it's simple. And there's a comfortability of even knowing we can come to you for advice or questions with said task because he's done it. Right. You know, if even it's as simple as like, hey, which way do you do you go clockwise or counterclockwise when you shine the toilet? I did clockwise because this worked for me. We, this that that's huge for leaders that the younger generation look to now. So let me pose a question to you. Okay. Um, say you have somebody that comes to you, firefighter, captain, whatever. And they, hey, I've got this idea of this new hose deployment or something like that. And, you know, how do you go about that? Like, whenever somebody's trying to, I, I don't want to say reinvent the wheel, but they've came up with this new thing that they want to try. Something they want to try that may be better. Yeah. Or, or Yeah. Do you encourage that kind of? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we have our deal with the committees and all that. Yeah. But you can sometimes hose lays, things like that. You can try them. We've tried multiple different kinds of hose lays um, over the years, and the ones we use right now are pretty much the ones we've always used that work well for us. Yeah. Um, I was just using that as an yeah, example. Right, yeah. right. Well, I'm trying to think, <laughs> but I'm a little bit restrained. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or even ways we set up the rigs or all sorts of different that, things. Yeah, well, they're all supposed to be uniform now. But whatever works for that company works. So, um, 
But as far as our restraints on that, bringing new 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 items, new equipment, and all that, we have a process that that we have to do, and you know that. Yeah. I was just right. curious, you know, because I mean, like we talked about setting our people up for success, and in, I don't know, maybe I phrased the question the wrong way of, you know, that particular thing, but like letting people. I don't know, explore other options of different ways to do things like I don't really have a good example right now but you education know. searching camera yeah. usage you have to have everybody on board to know what everybody's doing right because you you go in to search a house and somebody's got a, a fresh idea of doing something differently you want everybody on board with that to know what's going on because if you don't then bad things can happen Right. So there would be training process. But I guess my point is, do you encourage that kind of, you know, is that something that to should a be? Deg- to a degree. Yeah. Um, when it, like, search, say, for example, searching, um, I think I would, that was something probably would need to be more committee level, something like that. Mm-hmm. We've come up with a lot of different, different things, and, and a lot of things haven't taken off. Yeah. Well, not not every idea is a good one. (laughs) Well, so, and we we did a citywide drill on this at one time, where um, very similar to the last, where they the rescues would take the rope in Mm -hmm. and take the rope bag in backwards, and and out. Well, you've got a two and a half inch line if you have a a large warehouse, Mm -hmm. and it's the same method the same idea but you're using you know you've got if you've got something really big you've got might have six seven hundred foot of two and a half there you're you've yeah. got four or five guys back there with you know one to two sections on their shoulder and and everybody you know you know the deal there everybody needs to stay on that line yeah greg we're our our job you know just finished up a captain's promotional process i'm sure lots of jobs around the area are both of these guys sitting here you know are one will probably get promoted one has the opportunity to what are going back to your captain's days what are what advice would you give to new leaders on this job today so don't rush into a station and try to reinvent the wheel um so I did that at one station, and I was met with a lot of resistance. You know, I was like, let's clean this place up. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, kind of get a feel for for what you have there, what's going on, and then work your way into it, you know, whether it's a couple weeks, a couple months. Um, I don't want to discourage you. I don't want you to go in and be disenfranchised. But – you should be enthusiastic and and excited to be there and and wanting to work, but um, don't go in and say, "All right, we're going to do this. We're going to make all these changes." I I used to watch you guys. You guys are terrible, and blah, blah, you know, work from the ground up. Yeah. Little things first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's seems to not be setting yourself up for success if you grind. I mean, we've all heard those stories right. of guys who come into stations and it's like, okay, we're changing everything. 
Uh, but really, does hell? everything need to be changed? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I really agree with that one. So, and learn from your mistakes. Learn from others' mistakes. I always took what I thought were my best captains, which I worked for a lot of really great guys. They were really people persons, people, people, yeah, people, people. <laughs> uh, uh, they were great firemen. And if you were to go ask anybody that knew them now, since you guys are so young, uh, <laughs> they would tell you those are, those are great guys. They were my mentors. And I've told them, um, the Mick Burns, the Mike Pusateri's, uh, Beetle Bailey, those guys. I worked around all those guys. I'd learned a ton from I was a sponge around them. Do that. And, you know, everyone makes good decisions and everyone makes bad decisions. Learn from your bad ones. Learn from your good ones. So and learn from their decisions. I've had... I've had some of those people say, well, we probably shouldn't have done it this way. We should have done it this way. Okay. Well, that's in the back of my mind for next time. Yeah. Take us and take our listeners into your mind, especially like on a, on a fire ground. You don't want to be in my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give us the PG version. <laughs> but, you know, when it's in our in our job, there's, there's death. Mistakes can lead to death of ourselves, of our the people we're trying to help. When, when you're on a fire ground and you have multiple companies there, um, you're trying to achieve the same goal. You know, sometimes companies are on the same page. Sometimes they aren't. It's your job to organize that. How do you take us in your mind and help us understand your thought process through this? Number events? one, you have to remember the task at hand. You're there to put out the fire and rescue any people that are inside and take care of your guys. And make sure they're safe. Their, their conditions are safe for them to still be there. We had... I've had four fatalities in the last week and a half, and they it was just nothing we could do. We found them, we brought them out, and we one of them we did the cyanide kit on, and and it was just it was a bad bad scene, both of them. But I'm I'm basically I'm watching the progression of the fire and the extinguishment. But I'm, my main focus is to keep everyone there safe. And I've always, this is probably not good for me, but I've always, it, it's, it eats at me if someone gets hurt, whether it's a twisted ankle or they fall off a ladder. It's, I, I feel, a lot of times, most of the time, I feel like that's my fault. In which, you know, accidents happen, but predictable is preventable that is true <laughs> so how do you so being in that position of being overall command you know i'm sure there are decisions that have to be made of risk versus reward you know i mean how do you go through that process you just got to weigh them out and you got to make quick decisions too you can't spend 15, 20 minutes saying, well, if we do it this way, this could happen, or this way, this could happen. You have to make a decision and, and stand by it. Um, I've had fires where two rescues showed up at the same time, and I said, you be writ, you guys go in. Well, the one that I made writ, that was their first in district, and I was like, oh, sorry, won't happen again. 
Um, uh, so, new guys getting promoted. You, you have to be prepared to make any decision. So here's one thing, and I'll, I'll kind of build this up. We get a lot of floaters f from outlying districts that come in, and the very first thing they ask is, when do I get to ride out as chief? And my DSO has a standard answer anymore that is basically no, but it's a flavorful way. Um, <laughs> you, you need to learn your job first. And I tell these guys, you got to be ready, and this was posed to me years ago. If you're going to be in that spot, you have to be ready, if God forbid, to pull everyone out. If you can't find somebody in there, if the conditions are that bad, if the building's about ready to collapse, you, you have to be ready to pull your guys out if they can't find that person. And I, I know a lot of people that would not be able to make that decision. And when I posed that question to them that was posed to me years and years ago, they're like, um, I get it now. I see. Yeah. It's a, it's a big step. Yeah. And we laugh and we joke about it, but, but that, that, that's a decision that we could potentially have to make. And I hope no one ever has to, but yeah. it, it's there. Well, I think it's probably fair to say that's probably the worst decision. Right. Any firefighter would have to make. I would. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I would encourage other people who are newly promoted to, yeah, learn the job of captain first before you start worrying about being the chief. Right. So when you're, you when you're, I mean, even, <laughs> even the firefighters, when you're, when you're coming up, watch the older guys, watch the captains, watch the DSO, watch the chiefs, watch what they're doing. Don't just blindly see, and then don't blindly blame. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't watch that guy. Well, watch them learn. You'll yeah. see what they're doing Yeah. and then go ask them. You know, why did you do that? Why did you do it this way and not this way? Well, I think that that kind of goes along with, you know, in the military, it's learn the job of the guy in front of you and behind you. Absolutely. And so why don't we focus on that a little bit more with those kind of decisions? I mean, yeah, we kind of do it a little bit now, but it's not to maybe the extent that we probably should. The only ones that I've really seen – step up and do that really very well are our rescue companies and i've time and time again i've seen them on scenes when that captain's off both drivers were off and everyone just they know what to do they step up and they know their that role in the position they're in and it's uh it's really pretty cool to see yeah well maybe that's something we need to talk about bringing to everybody else redundancy uh <laughs> yes not a bad I've, I've thing been kind of <laughs> preaching that a little bit lately i was doing that last night to a new guy talking yeah. about redundancy in the system and yeah knowing your job and the guy next to you and everybody yeah. else because if i know what the captain's doing i know what the chief's doing i'm just taking huge pieces of the puzzle off their plate because yeah. i can help with that too 
as a firefighter or if yeah. I'm driving or, or whatever role I'm in that day. Well, yeah. Well, that's why I sat down with, you know, the DSO and our former district and sat down and talked to him for almost an hour and a half one night of, you know, I very potentially when I get promoted, I could be, okay, you could be the first be, day. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I have no clue. What, what do you do? So yeah, I'm trying to like just cram all this knowledge into my head, you know, in a very short time. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's something, and you know, on our job, like we don't have that opportunity to do that position before we get promoted. Right. Like, so we can ride out that way, but you know, maybe that's something that, I mean, not saying ride out, but you should make that effort of, Hey, I may be expected to do, to do this job. Maybe I should learn what it is before it's just, Hey, throw you off in the deep end. And then there you go. Right. It's, it's a great spot to learn. And especially like our district, cause we're so busy and we do everything. We do fires, wrecks, everything. And it's not just one every few months. It's almost daily. And it's a good, that's a great spot for a young captain to be in. And like mine, my DSO is off injured right now. So we've got the floater in the seat almost every day. Except for next day. Thank you. <laughs> that's been prearranged. <laughs> I hope you guys run some calls with us. <laughs> Greg, you talked about how kind of injuries of your people beneath you kind of eat you up. Uh, I don't ever say people are beneath me, but I know what you're saying. Those you are but, responsible for. But those that I work, I always say I work with someone. Mm-hmm. I never say that guy works for me or that guy works for me here. I always say I get, I got to work with that guy. Or I get to work with that guy. How do you um, to clear that up? <laughs> I'll remember that. Except for you. <laughs> yeah, except yeah. for you're the exception to the rule. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, Eighty-three people in my district and one beneath me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how do you? What's, what's your thought process like? What's your coping mechanisms? How do you evaluate your decisions and learn from them in a healthy manner? Um. So I do. I'll I'll go take a walk out. I go out to to the lake at Jacomo, walk out there. I'll go walk my dog. Um, we had a scene one time. We ended up um, at this particular intersection, and there was a presidential candidate. Actually, they had a big party, fundraising party across the street. This mom uh, had a – I forget exactly what was going on. I can't remember if the kid was choking or what, but it was a baby, a younger than six months and instead of calling an ambulance she called a taxi well the taxi driver finally pulled over at this intersection we went we did cpr and it was just i had two young kids and i was two-year-old kid because my oldest was two years old and or my youngest i'm sorry um and it just that just affected me where you're all business at the scene you get the get you keep on task you do what you're doing but you sometimes you just you feel it start balling up inside and i took the next day i said i'm taking the girls and we went down to the uh the exotic animal paradise and picked my dad up took him down and it was it was just refreshing and it was revitalizing 
there's there's things like that you spend time with your family like that um go take a walk you know i try to I, I try not to drink near as much as i did before and i've learned even through through that battle within program i learned to just have a casual beer or two or a casual <laughs> whiskey or two you know before i'd go home for something like that and i'd slam a bottle and things like that but just try to have healthy outlets uh exercise and that can turn exercise can turn bad too if you just get completely obsessed to burn off your your cares um but there's yoga i've done yoga i haven't done it in a while and it's shows but it's it's <laughs> really relaxing um but yeah there's there's a lot of different a lot of different methods i use Especially if I end up working three or four or five days straight, then I'm I would need to unplug afterwards. What yeah. do you What do you do for the the companies? Um, how, what are things you look for through companies? You can identify maybe you know a, a pumper or a truck had a bad call. What are things you look for like in performance moving forward? Something you can identify to maybe pull that captain aside and address something so you don't lose your company. I'll I'll listen to the radio a lot. And I'll flip over to the TAC channels and listen to the call. I'll call the captain, check in on him, check in on, ask how the crew's doing. Um, you can a lot of times see the, the not the attitude, but just kind of how everybody's portrayed um, afterwards. And, you know, we have the EAP and all that, all of that. But there's other things, you know, talk to each other. That's how... We that's how we got through a lot of things before all the the new um, methods or new avenues that we have. We talk to each other in the kitchen. You guys don't do that anymore. Everybody goes to their cubicle and they'll turn their TV on or the games or you know whatnot. But talk to each other. A lot of times, that's all you have to do is talk it out. Well, that's true. There is. I will say that because, you know, I just moved stations. And it was, for me, I've always been, oh, I like single engine houses and all of that stuff. And it was totally different being where I'm at now with having, you know, so many more people around and seeing, okay, well, you know, everybody's pretty much just hanging out, interacting. And it was a very different, you know, thing from a, a single engine house. Not that one's worse or better or whatever it's just different different and you know i i enjoyed it i was like okay this is cool and then you know go and do my study time and then right back to it right so but yeah it was kind of eye-opening for me at least so first day yeah one day yeah (laughs) just one day that's all hey might not be the sharpest tack in the box, but uh, since right. I went through everything that I went through, I'm a little bit faster of a learner than I was before. Well, everybody has good days and everybody has have bad days. Yeah. You, you have to, and the ones that start out having a bad day, you just try to make their day better. We had a guy yesterday, uh, he had a doctor's appointment first thing, and ended up, he was heading into work and uh, hit a piece of concrete that fell off a trailer and oh. blew his tire out. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, we'll come get you. He was like, oh, thanks. We went and got him, and hopefully we brighten his day up. Yeah. He's kind of a sour puss anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, 
Greg, you and I have actually had these talks on calls too. How many times have I just talked to you afterwards? Or you've pulled me aside and seen, and I'm just blaming. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like the one last time I was like, "Dispatch is so damn stupid." And you're like, "Chill." <laughs> or you'll hear me. You'll hear me on the radio. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually me. I don't know anyone else that does it. Um, yeah, it's you can tell when people are are starting to get kind of amped up and you can also tell when they're getting ready to spin out and that's when you need to go sit down and, and talk with them and there's a lot of guys that in my position that are they'll just hey go take care of your guys you know and i'll go sit i probably shouldn't say this but off the record i'll sit with a guy and you know they want to cry on my shoulder i let them i don't care so how important though do you like how important do you think that really is like especially with the being able to create that bond like an interpersonal skill yeah i mean i i, I think, think it's, it's huge. i think it's highly important while uh, while managing rank and structure of a job though. right yeah like where is that fine line in leadership to you yeah um, it, it phrased it a lot better than i did well i mean it's it's real there's really not I have a gauge, but it's it, it's hard to explain because you can go here and be comforting and, and this and that, but you, you still have to keep that structure, not really the rank structure. I mean, as far as I'm concerned with me, I can't speak for anyone else on that, but to, to an extent, and I'll, I'll go, I'll walk the ends of the earth for you, but... Um, if if you're behind on your reports or right. this and that, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get on you. Well, yeah, I went warning. there. Yeah. That's your warning. I went there. <laughs> Do your report. It's like my ninth warning. Well, but I think that's a that's a perfect illustration though of having that balance of hey, you know, yes, I'm the chief, I'm in charge, and these are the things that I expect of you, but this is also what I'm going to do for you, right. you know, and I'm invested in you and I want to see you succeed. Just do this stuff. I want to see everyone succeed. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what color, what creed, what sex or any of that you are. I want to see everyone succeed. That's how my really relationship don't. with Greg is. It's like, I get text messages. It's like, Greg Taylor. I'm like, so you're going to be a nasty gram <laughs> or a question. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, Gamble, you know. <laughs> hey, looking at this part from a Jeep, blah blah, or even phone call. You know, what do you think about this? Oh, I don't know. Okay, cool. We'll get your damn reports up. Okay, cool. How, how, how are we going now? <laughs> you tricked me. Trojan horsed me. And Expectations, it man. And it yeah. works. Your yeah. job is reports. That's ninety percent of what a medic does is reports. Paperwork. Man, give us all bad names. Hey, is what it is, man. But no, I, I, me personally, I think it's huge. And, you know, like you, you talked about earlier with the whole respect and, you know, it's earned and you give it. And, you know, I think that's. If you give it, you get it back tenfold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and be willing to learn. Yeah. There's, there's, there's guys younger than you that'll teach you things. 100%. There's most everybody younger than me that I learn something new every. Try to learn something new every day. 
and so I learned a lot. Like what not to do. I learned that too. <laughs> I still, I really enjoy what I do. And everybody asks me, when are you retiring? Well, I don't have a plan yet. I'm not planning on going. Having fun. Yeah. I'm hmm? still having fun. Well, Sometimes I get a little frustrated uh, here and there and just sorry. It's well, it's mostly just administrative BS that, that we do. It's like, ah, I got more of this. I got this. I got, you know, sick leave slips that I need. Then and got to chase. Stop guys. looking! Stop looking at me! Got to <laughs> stop looking at me! Got to chase guys down. Well, they me, They told me to look straight ahead. <laughs> See, setting him up for success. Right. <laughs> setting him up for failure, though. But yeah, yeah, for the most part, I'm just—I mean, I'm 99% happy, and the 1% is just not even unhappy. It's just kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah. We all have those parts of our jobs where you're just like, man, you just don't want to do it. Yeah. One, I can handle that 1%, though. Out of all the leading by examples, that's the biggest trait. Like, you can't like you can ask your guys to do this or to do that. You can still come to work happy. If your chief comes to work happy doing all the chief bullshit that a chief has to do, there's no reason for the people he serves with to not. You know, be, it, that is the ultimate lead by example to me. Thank you. Have you? So have you found that the that style, the the lead by example, to be you know more effective than? Well, oh, yeah. Other, by far, yeah. uh, I had one. I was co-captain with a, a a guy, and he finally came to me. He goes, "I just don't understand your leadership style." He said, "You could tell them guys to kill me, even my own crew, and they'd line up." And I said, <laughs> I, "I told him, I said, well, it's all respect." Uh, and I said, "You gotta, you gotta play it out. You can't just act like you're their, their friend and then go over here and." And try to put the meat to them. I said, you know, you got to respect them and be fair. And that's a that's a huge thing too is be fair. If so, I went to one station and uh, as a captain, and I was like, why is this guy always sit behind the driver? He said he doesn't like to carry the medic medic the bag, and he don't like taking details. And so I sat everybody down. I said. We're all taking details. I said, I'll be taking them over to drive the chief or, or to ride out or whatever. I said, everybody else is going to take details. Everybody's rotating around, and we're going to carry the bag and <laughs> all this and that. And they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had one say, okay, and the other two said, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So there are times where strong leadership needs to be yeah to yeah. Put, be put out there. But you got to put your expectations out there. You can't just and stay blindly, consistent with them. Yeah, and you can't just blindly one day say, "Well, I expected you to do this," and and have the guy say, "Well, you never told us that." So if you don't tell them, if you don't lay those out, and you can always go back and say, "All right, look, we've tried this. We're going to go this route from now on." And this is what I want. And I've done that with the just administrative stuff, the sick leave slips. I said, I want them the next day after you're sick. 
so I don't have to chase down 40 people at the end of the month. Hmm. I have no problem with that. I mean. Yeah. I just don't call in sick. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> Hurts the overtime. <laughs> That's a little break, though. Yeah. But, no, I – no, everything you've said has been kind of, you know, right along with what I was thinking anyway as far as, you know, lead by example, be fair, you right. know, set your people up for success, you know, keep an eye on them, right. <laughs> check in. <laughs> and and if you – I was kind of went tried to go by, like, the Joe Gibbs model. And he wrote a book, and he said, this is how I do I put the best people – in that position, he said, I'm a football guy. I'm in racing now. He said, but I took the best people for my car chief, my crew chief, for this, that, the garage, the mechanics, everything. You put the best people in there for that job, and you'll succeed. And if you've got guys, say, are great medics or great EMTs, you want to try to retain them there in that, that spot. Or you may want them to bring them over to a different station. Hey, I think you'll work with these guys better you work great now but i think you'll do even better there guys people will compliment each other and i say guys and i mean guys and gals both so don't get me wrong <laughs> um it's just the vernacular of it um right, but well, yeah if you, you, you if you can if you can build your own crews oh man it, you could really yeah, but it's exactly. Like I would look my my crews would look like high as fifty seven. <laughs> it, it would, but but yeah, you just you get people and you people work well together. Your station's a great example. You, that whole company just meshes together really well. To the point, we'll send people to the hospital twice. Yeah, just <laughs> grab ass and around. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know the story. Injuries. I don't want to know. <laughs> but, but that's you're, you're, but yeah, you're they right. Were, they were training. Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. Training. And then if you, if you get, um, I, I mean, I could, I've got examples coming up in my head. But if you've got captains that don't want to be there, they're getting ready to retire. They're taking off a lot. You got kind of a scatterbrain crew that that yeah, I kind of want to be here just for the paycheck. I, they don't work well together. One thing that's lucky with us, and you've probably seen this evolution too, you guys as well with your time, the ambulance is no joke. And that can tear apart a crew. Yeah. Um, just the workload that comes from it if if you're not careful. And that's where we're really lucky in our station. Is just, And you see other crews to it, they just buy in. They all take a bite of the shit stick, and it works. Everybody and it, shares the load. And it does bring crews yeah. even closer too. Well, and, and if you don't have that, because we've got companies that don't don't share the load like that. Oh, we got a guy detailed in. He's on ambulance for twenty four. Um, guys don't even want to go there and work overtime. Then I get then to hire the chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's important. It's that's part of that team mentality, you know, of getting everybody to buy in, right, and say, hey, you know. Look, basically, we're a team. We're a family. This is our job. This is what we have to do. And if everybody steps up and performs, then it it makes the whole performance better, you know. And everybody's not taking so much on themselves. 
you know, we, many hands make light work. You said something there. You said family, and and that's something that we, we are a family. And I think, I think part of the part of the, for lack of a better term, the millennial problem, the the ones that don't want to come to work, that they're just here for. I don't, I don't think they realize that we are a family, and sometimes, some places they're really not treated it that way either. But we, I mean. You look at the funeral we had the other day. You see how many people were there. It was huge. That guy's been gone for 10 years. And just, I mean, yeah. Something happens to someone. It affects other people. And we just try to bring everyone to get in together. We spent a third of our life together. Some of us more. <laughs> we got stuff to pay for. That's right. Yeah. Jeep parts. Jeep parts. <laughs> and taxes. Well, that goes for everybody. So, But, yeah, it, so I think that does kind of speak a little bit to the changing culture in the fire department, whereas, you know, even whenever we came on, it was more, you know, everybody hanging out. And more of that dynamic of, you know, we are kind of a family. And it seems that that maybe has kind of split away. And I was talking to, again, that DSO the other day. And we are talking about how some people are, they're starting to view this as just a job. Right. Like it's, okay, well, it's a job. It's not a career to them. Whereas, you know, guys, our generation... Yeah, this is what we want to do. This it's is a our calling. career. Yeah. And and if you if you find something you really enjoy, you'll never work a day in your life cuz you'll love going to work. You'll mm-hmm. love being with your extended family. I've always said I think one of the most important aspects of fire station life is the cook shack and sitting down and breaking bread together. And it doesn't matter if our companies are in and out, in and out, in and out. We'll eat dinner at 9 o'clock because we all sit down together. And they're always like, we're not going to – lunchtime especially because a lot of times we'll be out running around or downtown. And they'll call and say, it's almost ready. And I said, well, we're not going to make it. Go ahead and eat. And we'll get back there, and they're waiting on us. And uh, But it's I think it's important to sit down together. And a lot of people will tell you that, even if it's bad food. Well, you hammer the cook and move on. <laughs> You're doing it as a group, as a yeah. unit. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those sneaky, cook, sneaky little team building things. It is. You know? It is. It doesn't all have to be, okay, we're going to go out in the yard and we're going to drill. Yeah. And that's how you bi- – no. it's but We're going to go on a retreat like these, these big businesses do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, hey, we're going to sit down together and we're going to eat. Yeah. Or, you know, and after dinner, oh, hey – we're going to watch a movie and everybody joins in or we're going to go have a ping pong tournament or, you know, it's yeah. those interactions that, or even the ones off to, you know, top golf, doing some, go play golf together and anything like that. Taking the jeeps out. You know? yeah. 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 It's, um, but it, yeah, I think that is one of the most important parts of our job as far as team building and, and togetherness and being a family. And if you're, you know, your family, you're going to take care of each other. You're going to see when everybody's doing well. You're going to see them at, you're going to see everybody at their best and their worst. Yeah. That's just, just being there. So that's yeah. what, that's what it comes down to is being yeah. there for each other and, 
and doing what needs to be done. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're there, you respect, you're going to respect them and they're going to respect you and things get done easier. And it's, it's so weird too. In, we find ourselves telling the new guys like, if they're busting your balls, it's because they like you. Yeah. <laughs> it yep. is such a polar <laughs> yeah. opposite well, yeah. thought process. Yeah, it's you know, and you say it's when they stop, you got to be worried. And you have to balance that too. Um, so, one of our one of our line of duty deaths, and I was got to know this person real well and everything. He was a cool guy, and he passed away in '99 at a fire and um i found that i was ignoring my family i wanted to spend all my time at the station and i just wanted to keep busy at work with the guys and and this and that and then you know later on i finally realized well i'm neglecting my wife you have to balance that you you can grieve together but you need you need to be you need to grieve with your family too and let your family know that you're there too. You don't want to abandon them. And uh, with John and Larry, I saw that exact thing. Same thing I was doing with a couple other friends and I I, I stepped in and, and said something to them. I said, don't, don't ignore your family. I know exactly, I don't know exactly how you feel, but I said, this is exactly the way I was doing when this other line of duty death happened, I said, you know, let your make sure your kids know you're there. You're there for them and your wife. Don't don't spend all your time at the station. Yeah, there has to be a balance between mm-hmm. home life and work life. Yeah. At all, because that'll eat you up. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming by today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me. me really appreciate it um lots of food for thought so hope everybody enjoyed today's episode um and like we end every episode um if you're having a problem or you see somebody having a problem talk to somebody so take care of yourself